You are now tuning in to Lex and RDDC Broadcast Station, serving up on the double doses for us all. Thank you, everyone, and welcome back to the Real Double Dose Channel. This is your host, Lex, coming to you straight from the heart where the talk is real and the vibe is always live, like we always say. Thanks for tuning in, and any show requests, anything under the sun that you want to say, as we always say, go to realdoubledosechannel.blogspot.com and realdoubledosechannel at yandex.com. That's Y-A-N-D-E-X.com. We appreciate all your wonderful inquiries, your questions, your whole support, all the downloads, live plays, and so much more, and all of you who have claimed your vacation giveaways as well as gift card giveaways but don't forget if you want to check out the about me section and all the links above and the guest experts go to realdoubledosechannel.blogspot.com and if you're not tuning in from those stations right now which we probably know you are you can always recheck on TuneIn, stitcher radio blueberry speaker.com as well as spotify.com iheart itunes soundcloud deezer google cast so much more the links will be listed and i just want to say we do have a wonderful guest expert on here today and that is mr cam knight yes our knight and shining armor Yes, Cam Knight is on here. Cam Knight is a coach, writer, and author of several best-selling books in the area of mental performance, such as memory, concentration, and productivity. Growing up, he had tremendous difficulty focusing, sitting still, and keeping his mind on his thoughts and his thoughts on his mind. Yes, his mind and emotions raced and flew all over the place in quick, intense, and uncontrolled succession. This kept him from performing well in school and affected every area of his personal, professional, and academic life. So over the past 15 years, Cam has dedicated his life to understanding, exploring, and managing this mayhem. In his quest, he has left no stone unturned, willing to go anywhere and try anything, including working with shamans and jungles of Amazon. Oh, I like that, Cam. Experimenting with innovative plants in Africa, visiting um, ashrams and Asia, and everything in between. So without further ado, because I need to hear this from Mr. Cam himself, thank you for coming on the show, Cam. How are you doing, my dear? Thank you very much for that wonderful introduction. I'm doing great. Yeah, well, you know, you're amazing, and you already know your name is. Don't rub it in. So... (laughs) Come on. How many times do we have a Cam Knight come in our life? Never. Never <laughs> come in our life. There's only one of you. And hearing this whole like journey you've been on, I'm kind of jealous because I would have been on that journey with you in a heartbeat with a backpack if you would have let me know if we knew each other. But I'm here with you now. So if you have any future explorations, I could always be there to take notes and just, you know, sip on a mojito and chill. So I want to know, <laughs> I want to know, and we all want to know, how did your journey start from all this? Like, where's the the root cause of, like, how did it go, like, the explorer? Okay, so, well, as far back as I can remember, I've had a very unquiet mind. In addition to the thoughts racing, I had extreme difficulty learning, sitting still, paying attention, organizing my ideas, interacting, communicating. Pretty much anything that involved the mind, I had tremendous challenges around. Now, when people hear this, they immediately think EDD. So, yeah, so what I usually respond with is I wish it were only ADD because it was much more severe than that. Not only was my head kind of in shambles, but so was my emotion. You know, they were cycling, yeah, they were cycling very intensely. Some days I was lethargic with no motivation and other days hyper and out of control. Some days I was blissful and joyous and other days raging with anger. Now, when people hear this, they think bipolar. And my response is, I wish it was that simple too. Yeah. You know, 
Yeah, I was literally changing states constantly. Frequently, I'd see the dazed look at people's eyes when one of the shifts would happen. It was mm-hmm. as if I was acting one way and then another minute completely different. It's almost as if I turned into another person. And to really describe my state, I felt like I was going to spontaneously combust. But the tragedy of it was I never did. So if you can imagine what it felt like to kind of be going through this. So although I did go on a really amazing journey of healing, I will say the journey wasn't easy and fun, and it wasn't all relaxing in the beach with mojitos. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe I should have gave you some Jack Daniels. No, I'm okay. I'm like, no. I mean, when you say this, though, I, it kind of reminds me, I don't know what the name is, but my doctor said it. And I try to be as transparent as I can um, when it comes down to being here, because at the same time, I tell people who you have when the voice you hear in your car or wherever you are, um, probably more intensify when you see me face to face, because my energy doesn't have to be contained for editing purposes so i'm like when i get to that but i felt that my doctor was saying that she goes you're not bipolar you're not it was like some years ago she goes i said well what is it because people say i switched so quickly she goes yeah and one of her colleagues actually a couple other doctors you know you know privacy for whatever she didn't name them but she's like a couple other colleagues i work with have that same thing so i'm thinking in my head man maybe it's from you know different things so when you say that now i'm like wow i don't remember the name but i remember like it could just be just like like you almost said obviously mine's probably a little different but it was like every moment it was something completely different i blamed it on being an aries maybe i'm saying my own kind of aries but i'm like that it makes complete sense so so at the difficulties of you going did you have to like restart and stop and restart because you were going through all this like through the sifting of it yeah and that's what the challenge of it was because i was shifting uh-huh. um and these shifts were, in a way, pretty intense and extreme. I was almost a different person with different drives, different aspirations, different motivation. So I could be in one state and have the need to, you know, do well in school, do well academically, or do well on my exam. Uh, you know, just really focused on um, being to excel in this one area. And then when I'd go to start on working, whether it was studying or whatever, I would shift and I'd be focused on wanting to hang out with friends and develop my relationship and oh. really put myself there. Okay. And so I would get started in one area and then these shifts would cause me to, you know, move to completely something different. And it was very difficult to kind of like stick with something long enough to progress in it or to see it, to stay with it long enough to see it to the end. Oh, Okay. So what did it do for your, like, I mean, were you more kind of nervous to involving, like, relationships with your significant other at all? Did it, like, really impact that at all? I had to ask that question. You know it was coming. You. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, no, no, no. Yeah, I can give you some question. answers on that I, one, Hopefully yeah. I'll have a good answer for you. <laughs> yeah, so my challenges um, really affected all areas of my life. It affected me academically, it affected me professionally, and it affected me personally and in my personal relationships as well as my romantic relationships. It just, um, you know, I, I hate to kind of have to think about how I was back in the past, but like I literally destroyed a lot of my relationships because of the way I was. And I was, because I didn't have like a lot of control over it or even awareness of it, yeah. I was acting in ways that was quite destructive me and my relationships and I had no idea that I was being destructive in fact I almost always thought it was the other person oh okay. yeah yeah so I mean like I mean maybe hey maybe this is a 
a chapter into going. I'm, I have to like really look at the evaluation. I, I feel like mine came and I knew something was going on. And I know probably like 50% for sure was going to be <laughs> them. And then I had to throw the shade over there. 50% yeah. was going to be them. But then I had to look at myself and someone's like, you know what you do, Lex? You always push people away. And I was like, no, yeah. I don't. And I'm like, you know, I'm like, for friendships, okay, we can go out to lunch. And I'm there to be like literally a female Dr. Phil slash Oprah met, you know, Montel Jordan Williams. But I'm like, at the end of the day, I'm like, I, it's always a shortcut where it's like, okay, well, have a good lunch. I'll see you some other time. And I, I noticed that even when I was dating, it was just kind of, even though platonically, I was kind of at this point where I'm like, man, you know, I just... I can't, uh, you know, it was just uh, every moment they would be like, hey, babe. And I'd be like, what? What do you want? That kind of <laughs> feeling. And I, I would be so deep in my mind trying to remember things that I forgot. And I would have to come out later on as I, I matured. I'm like, you know, I want to apologize because I couldn't remember half the things that were going on. I didn't remember what I said. And that's what got me, Cam. I was kind of like, they were like, do you know you just said a whole bunch of like really crazy stuff to me? And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, when? I didn't do that. I'm like, it was my hormones. They were like, okay, sure. So I'm like, yeah. <laughs> it was crazy yeah i mean definitely so in this whole memory chapter why yeah. you know why shouldn't like everyone kind of get to a point to where they trust their memory or believe that their memory's like serving them in a good way so what i teach is the exact opposite <laughs> oh. which is no uh, which is not to rely on your memory and i can kind of talk about why that is yeah why shouldn't people trust their memory yeah okay <laughs> so yeah. yeah one of the most um important principles I can tell people is not to rely on their natural mental processes to remember information. And that's because as humans, we forget up to 80% of what we hear, see, and learn within a few hours of hearing, seeing, or learning it. And so this is not within the first few months, weeks, or even days, but the first few hours. And what's more is that as humans, we tend to rely on our memory to remember much more than that. And I'll give you an example. You know, we'll come across a really great idea important instruction, valuable advice, or a painfully obvious fact and think that it's just too great, important, valuable, and obvious to forget. And sure enough, we'll forget. Then we do it again. We come across an even greater idea, more important instruction, even more valuable advice, or painfully obvious fact, and think that this time it's too great, too important, too valuable, and obvious to forget. And we'll forget again. And what's interesting is that we don't just forget that thought or idea, but we will often forget that we even had one in the first place. Uh And we don't realize that we forgot the information. It's simply gone. It's as if we never came across the idea. And many of us actually live our lives like this, constantly forgetting important and crucial information coming our way. And so much of the advice or solutions we're seeking, we've already come across, like, plenty of times. We just forgot we did or what it was. Mm. And so you... You hear the phrase, yeah, history repeats itself. Well, Mm. history repeats itself in our own lives because we're constantly doing the same things over and over again, making the same mistakes over and over again. And it really comes down to the fact that we forget. We don't realize that we're built to forget. And because we don't realize that, we just think that everything that we're going to do, we're going to remember. Yeah, but why are we like, I mean, I'm sorry, I'm so inquisitive right now. I'm like, my head is like a sponge because I, I, this is really deep understanding. Like it's a whole nother level. And I'm, I'm even 10 times more grateful that you're on here right now. I'm like, I was, I was before, but I mean, like why, but why, why would it be like, you know, if we go back to the beginning of time and stone age or whatever it was like. I mean, wouldn't we like want to remember from our brains to be like, oh, there was a lion 10 miles away, <laughs> 10 miles away. So the important things are mine, it seems, uh, or deems as important, we'll keep. And then like the, the minuscule stuff, it kind of throws away. Yeah. For the most part, 
that's one of the main reasons. There's actually a few reasons why we forget, and if you want, I can go over each of them. Oh, please do. Please. Uh, okay. All right. So first and foremost is exactly what you said. Um, majority of the information that we come across, especially as humans in this time, is just not useful for the long term. Oh. It's useful only for the moment. So, for example, do you remember which color sock you put on three Wednesdays ago? Oh, no. No. <laughs> <laughs> or do you remember how many minutes it took you to drive to the restaurant you did two Tuesdays ago? No. No. Probably not. Wow. But that's because such information is not useful. So our mind will discard it very quickly. But at the time, it was useful. Knowing which color sock you put on first is important. So you know how to match it with your tire. And so you know not to wear it the next day. And knowing how long it took you to get to the restaurant is useful so you get there on time. But having to record that information day in and day out, week after week, month after month, and year after year, that would flood our mind with too much trivial matters. Okay. And sifting through what's necessary would be difficult and time consuming. So therefore, it's important to have a mechanism in place that throws out or forgets what's unnecessary. Otherwise, as I mentioned, our mind would become a cluttered mess, and sifting through the mess would be difficult and time-consuming. Oh. So this is one reason. Um, another reason is that the reason we forget is that some events or experiences are just too painful to remember. Oh. And thinking about them produce, yeah, overwhelming anxiety or difficulty. So as a defense mechanism, your mind will block out such memories so you can focus on what's important in the moment. So... So this is the second reason, but there's another reason. So the first two reasons I gave you are kind of common sense and things that we kind of know on one level or another. But there's another reason that many of us don't know. And, and that reason is that as humans, we are made up of a complex set of mechanisms and processes. And for these mechanisms to do what they're designed to, they will make us forget. So one of the more commonly known mechanisms is habit. Habits are designed to keep us in a routine or pattern of behavior. And in their efforts, habits will do everything they can to make sure we stick to that routine or pattern of behavior. Mm. If they didn't, they wouldn't be very good at what they did, now would they? No. Now, yeah, exactly. <laughs> now, surprisingly, habits are extremely sly. They have all sorts of tricks up their sleeves to make sure you stay in your old pattern. And one of those tricks involves making you forget anything that has you acting outside of what you're habitually ingrained to do. So, for example, you might read a great book and learn all these great ideas about how to organize your life. The problem is being organized goes against your habit of being messy. And that habit of being messy is not going to give up easy. It's going to make sure you forget all those great ideas so you never think about putting them into practice. Oh. And it will even be similar to the ideas that we might be learning here. Wow. Yeah. I'm thinking of that. I'm I'm having a picture moment in my head when you're speaking. I'm like seeing the whole thing in a movie kind of thing because I'm, I'm people say I'm kind of OCD. Well, I just like it organized. I, I like everything facing a certain way. You know, it's just like well, you know my hygiene yeah. supply. But I, I know how to relax. Like seeing something on the floor or a piece of paper on the floor, it makes me like I just literally tweak until <laughs> until I can pick right. it up or I go to someone else's home. It's the same thing. Now my mom has said something. She just retired. She went for the federal government for about 
about nearly 30 years and she came down to uh, the Minnesota government for about 20 something years and she retired and she was like it's so funny out of all the you know the the floors she ran and the keys she had and the codes she does not she was like I can't remember it she goes all these years I had that in my head like clockwork and now after all these decades I can't remember them and I'm I just I was like that's kind of weird she's like I think maybe I'm losing my memory I'm like no I said well maybe your brain is just like hey bye happy retirement you know and i didn't think about it until you said that right now habitual habits habitual things how we say well how come we read the book and we're not changing how can we know how to look at this wonderful thing and our emotions stir up and that's why i look at two in a relationship i always say oh i'm waiting for this to come back again you know i'm waiting for this to happen again and it's because it is a habit it's a habit of turned into a habit yeah you're right absolutely wow yeah so our habit is trying to keep us in our old pattern and it'll either make us forget the new things that we could be doing or growing so we stay in that whole pattern and i do want to reiterate one thing that we talked about before we got on is that you know uh, i want people to understand that diamonds are forever and memories are not memories are not forever they seem like they should we should remember everything yeah. forever but that's just not the way our mind is built it's built to just hold on to it long enough for us to be able to apply whatever information that we are in the moment. And then once it's not needed, then it'll start getting put away for the newer information. And a lot of people, when I tell them, you know, I'm an author of a memory book or I teach memory, one of the first things they say to me is like, oh, I have a terrible memory, as if it's a bad thing. And as I had mentioned to you, if your memory is bad, um, it's not necessarily a bad thing. It's probably okay, it just means that your brain is working the way it's supposed to. So if people's memory is bad, it doesn't mean that they're losing their mind or they're losing whatever. It's just, that's just how our mind is designed. Everyone, you heard that? It does not mean that you're losing your mind. It doesn't mean that dementia is taking over your life and Alzheimer's. I'm just saying, if you feel that way, always confer to someone that you trust or, you know, some kind of holistic or medical care. But at this point right now, that's the truth because I'm like, oh my gosh, something's wrong with my mind. I have, my brain is ticking for you, Cam. I'm about to kidnap you. I mean, like, it's ticking. So, I mean, I love, I tell people, this is for definitely every single one of us. But being firsthand with you, I feel so greedy i feel very greedy but i feel like i'm not being selfish because this is going out to the thousands and thousands upon those wonderful ears and hearts that are like man cam knight just literally gave me this information and it changed my world and i tell people yeah it might hit you when you say okay your memory goes i downloaded this let me hear it it's four weeks later at the end of the day it'll hit you four weeks later four days later or four minutes later whatever one comes first but i have to i have to know something what is our mind like how does it decipher though like what why, why does our mind want to like choose its own self like if we want to remember a candy bar we stash under the bed okay i'm just saying and, and it doesn't want us to remember that and we look for it six months later but yet it'll make <laughs> it'll it'll let us remember you know our briefcase on the counter or something like how does it choose what to remember so there's all sorts of criteria for what the mind decides to keep and what the mind decides to throw away and as i mentioned we falsely assume that things that are important or valuable is what the mind is going to keep. But that's not necessarily the case. What the mind keeps is based on the mechanical limits of the brain. And what that means is that if information is presented in ways that the mind is built to take in and record, then we're more likely to remember it. If information is not presented that way, then we have a higher chance of forgetting it. 
And it doesn't matter, like I said, how important, valuable, obvious, or amazing it is. So one of the mechanical limits is, is repetition. So when a memory is formed, grooves or tracks are created in the brain. And you can think of these grooves or tracks like footprints or breadcrumbs that lead to a specific memory. So the more that a thought or idea or fact is repeated, the deeper those grooves or tracks to that memory get, making it easier for the mind to locate that piece of information. Now, what's really important to understand is that those grooves are not made deeper by how great, important, valuable the information is. All that matters is that the information is repeated. And this is the reason why commercial jingles are so hard to get out of our head. I was just about to say that. (laughs) Just about to say that. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, because a jingle has been repeated so much, we can't get it out of our head even if we want it. Yeah. And... And the people who create these jingles, they know that. They know mm-hmm. if they just repeat that jingle, it's going to stay in your head. And so it, it really depends on the mechanical limit. And another mechanical limit would be like if you present information in the form of a rhythm or a song, we tend to remember those things better. Yeah. So, yeah. Exactly. I heard yeah. a lot of people were doing that with language learning and teachers were doing that in school. They made all the criteria of what their the curriculum was basically in music and CDs he was giving to his students, and he had an 85% success rate versus his 35% success rate previously. And I'm like, wow, give me a break yeah. off of that Kit Kat bar. I mean, that's one, <laughs> that's one of them right there. I will find myself singing a crazy jingle randomly, and I'm like, why did that song just come in my head? Like, there's a helpful smile in every aisle. Like, what? what? I'm like, no. They completely get that. So what? Okay, so I'm wondering about this. Okay, based on that too. Now we have all these movies. Like I can literally like The Color Purple. I don't know why, but that movie that came out with Whoopi Goldberg and and Oprah Winfrey and Danny Glover as the main characters. That movie I could, I could word every word in my head and replay the whole movie. They would think they're watching it for me just reciting it so i don't yeah. i mean so at the, at the same point like is our brain just holding on to that to be like hey our, our sight you know the sight within what we saw on the movie staying that's the only reason i could say it is because i'm seeing the movie play out in my head yeah. and the recitement of it so is it is yeah. there a certain way uh for ha- being able to look at something and saying this is what i saw oh maybe it was different when i saw like a police lineup when someone says is this the man that you saw or the woman you saw steal the can of pineapple for example <laughs> well yeah like that's i think it was her her hair might have been a little shorter uh I, I don't know so where does that come in does it come in with like different trigger points or yeah i mean trigger points are involved but then it also goes back to the mechanical limits as humans we have uh memory accuracy of the things that we see of we remember what we see is we remember as much as 50 percent of what we see versus what we hear or what we read which only has a 20 percent memory rate oh wow and so yeah so if we visually see something we're much more likely to remember it now that doesn't mean that our memory is going to be 100 percent it just means it increases the likelihood of it And in terms of the specific things that you see or the specific things that you hear that gets locked into your mind, well, that deals with our emotional response to it because our emotions also play a big role in our memory. The things that have like a big emotional impact, we tend to remember more and better than the things that don't have as much of an emotional relevance. And so when we take all of these into account, we start to get a better picture of why we remember certain things 
easier or more naturally or without trying and why other things we need to put a little bit more effort into so we can record it oh okay i see what you mean okay so okay recording it and that level of you know i need to start doing a lot better with my memory i mean i really do i mean so you think it's because a lot of us get stuck in our own agendas of the mind? Because now, I mean, they, they, they did a test. Um, I think it was a, I, I've seen this maybe several years ago, where this, uh, the most top, I think it's still on YouTube, the top gurus of advertising were picked up in a van and they were driven around town to a certain location. Now, in that, they, they had like strategically put all these cool little things up that they were going to pass by on purpose. Now, the guys were saying, we'll show up there. There's no no way you can fool us into doing that we're the ones who created advertising we're the you know the top dogs so they didn't even know the whole trip there they were being you know marketed to like their whole memory so when they got there they already had something wrapped up with what those men were going to paint or draw and then if they put it in a lock and key they showed him where it was and the whole time in front of them and at the end the whole difference of him and his friend collaborating they had drawn the balloons the elephant the person everything to the t and they were blown like they almost fainted uh to the point of having that so I, i'm wondering is it because they were out of their heads in their headspace at that moment not on their phones not on their who clicked my thing <laughs> or were they just in the moment because our memory you know i noticed like when i'm sitting there drifting off in la la it's kind of yeah. like i'm like oh my god what was i supposed to do again Oh, where was I supposed to go? Like, and then all of a sudden, it's like when I'm in the in the zone, I feel like I'm in the matrix. Like, yeah, it's crazy. I'm like, it's crazy. Yeah. yeah. Well, I I can't really say what caused them to to trigger the memory. So you were saying they were in the van, and while they were driving, they were seeing billboards and advertisements that were strategically placed. So when they were asked to draw things, they were gonna recall those yeah. things they saw. Yeah, like a, a person, like we saw the whole play out and it was like a person walked by with balloons. Then someone else passed by this and some lady dropped all her plates on the floor and then all of a sudden some big elephant. And I'm like, what is all this yeah. weird stuff? I think I'm like, and then all of a sudden I'm like, no way. I had no idea where the story was going. And they said it took them like weeks to set that up for their minds to, to like put that in. I'm like, that takes a lot of, I don't know. That kind of got me where I'm like, were memory come into play or were their minds focused on it? You know, that kind of thing. But could just be a fluke yeah. you never know yeah yeah i don't know what was really going on that caused all that um all those thoughts to be recalled but one thing i will say um based on one of the questions you just had asked was, yeah. you know our our mind is kind of recalling things for us on our regular basis so we might be going about our day and just randomly think about something that happened when we were seven years old and then some embarrassing moment in high school and yeah. something very relevant a few years ago and if if we kind of look back at how we live our life that's kind of going on a regular basis so our mind is naturally just like recalling things and throwing it into our awareness and why it does the specific items that it's picking to throw up it can seem like a mystery but more or less it's really to kind of like guide our day-to-day decisions and actions mm-hmm. our mind is going you know back in seventh grade you did this thing and you got made fun of and people laughed at you and it reflected your popularity and it'll kind of throw that thing out once in a while just to make sure that hey don't do this uh-huh. because it can lead to that uh-huh. or and so that's kind of one of the reasons why we're just kind of getting random thoughts just coming up in our head oh okay yeah that makes yeah. sense so i mean like yeah. where does where would oswar where does osmosis 
uh, come into play uh, on the factors of working or the ability to work? Yeah, well, osmosis is a topic that kind of comes up with people who just want to have a good memory without putting in effort. And oh. it's kind of funny, but I, I, I really want people to understand that, you know, osmosis isn't something that you want to rely on. Because one of the best ways to remember information is to be really active with it. So in Western society, we've become accustomed to engaging with the world passively. Sitting on the couch, watching TV, sitting at a desk, listening to a lecture, sitting on a roller coaster and experiencing the thrill. And when we want to experience something real, we put on our virtual reality, reality classes. Uh-huh. And these passive experiences are great to experience something. But it's not all that useful in understanding and remembering. To truly understand and remember information, we want to be active with information. So instead of passively reading, listening, and watching, you want to find ways where you can be active and engaged with that content or the experience. As I, I don't know if I mentioned this, but memories are not stored in a specific area or region of the brain. They're actually encoded in different parts of the brain and all over our body. So passively reading, listening, and watching will encode information in one part of the brain, but being active with it will encode it in all the other parts. And often, information doesn't really connect or become real to us unless we have become actively engaged with it. You know, we could be told something a hundred times, but it won't connect or register until we repeat it ourselves. So us actually repeating something is being active. Yeah, and so I really try to go against the idea of osmosis for people. Like, don't rely on osmosis. It may work like one in a hundred times here and there where you weren't really paying attention and you heard something and it kind of comes up, but it's not something that you can rely on consistently and reliably. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that yeah. exercising it basically. So it's keeping yeah. it active, keeping it in the moment, being able... And so does that help with people who have... Um, I've, we've had different you know, emails and so forth about people even having to put something down a certain place for years and all of a sudden one day they just choose to put it somewhere else and their mind completely slips. So even though they're in the activity of keeping their memory up, is it a certain thin line between being like, I mean, for me, maybe it applies, but being obsessive compulsive over things because you have a certain way of doing things at a certain time. Is that more of a habitual issue or is it more of a, you're trying to train your memory? That's the, that's kind of the thing I'm wondering about for myself. Like, is it something I'm just doing because I can't stand it not being done a certain way or because I do want to remember it. And that's, that's the whole line. I know I was going to have some feedback from this, but they're going to be like, Lex, I mean, I'm just keeping it, keeping it real here this is our own you know feeling and I, I always try to put myself into it because these are things that we all deal with people want to say oh well you have all the answers to life if i had all the answers to life i would be dead i would be gone physically i would be dead like there, there, there'd be no other point to learning it i would be sitting here sitting by bill gates trying to give him money for a loan you know that kind of thing <laughs> exactly we had all the answers we wouldn't uh, we would be giving bill gates or elon musk's loan yeah whatever they're trying to do and yeah. we're giving them advice <laughs> we would be never coming off of the presidential throne i would be sitting there talking to warren buffett about why did you make that play you just lost a million dollars what's the matter with you huh i'm like yeah <laughs> exactly yeah no but you ask a very interesting and profound question and i appreciate the depth that we're going into oh well I'm you're welcome
welcome, but Cam Knight. You're welcome. Yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, but in terms of like the OCD, I, I don't think it's as much memory related as it is an emotional related. Okay. It might. Um, I don't know too much about your past, but it actually might be trauma related. And You're right through about trauma, that. Yeah. yeah, is it through trauma and unresolved emotions? we can get into a state of needing to be in control. And it's and what's interesting, it's not even you needing to be in control, it's, un, it's un, unconscious parts of you. Parts of your mind that have dealt with trauma or have dealt with you know something that hasn't been resolved or, or a strong issue um, need that and it's almost like forcing you to act that out. And it's kind of interesting, you consciously can see that, hey, you're acting OCD and this behavior may not be the best, but it's not you choosing to be that way. It's a conscious part of you that is causing you to act out that way. Yeah. And what's interesting is that because it's, it's uh, it has a strong influence on us, I want people to understand that our unconscious and the more primitive parts of ourselves have more control and influence on us over our thinking and more evolved parts of ourselves. So you could be sitting there going, why am I doing this? Like, this isn't something I want to do. But yeah, sure, your conscious part is saying that, but your unconscious is really running the show. And because it um, has this strong need to be in control, it's almost forcing you to the point where you can't help but act it out. Hopefully hmm. I didn't, hopefully that made sense. That made perfect sense because I'm thinking I'm, I'm I'm digging in my my mind and I'm thinking man where and I remember there was a time too where I had I was I think I was in Georgia or I forgot, but my auntie got rest her soul she passed away from breast cancer but she was one of those you know strict kind of aunties and I remember yeah. she told me to get ready for school and I'm like okay so I was used to putting she was like yeah your your skin did you put any like lotion or something on and I'm like okay I'm just a kid so I went in there and I put this Vaseline on my face but it was the whole entire tub something impulsively told me like just i just dug my little hand in there and i remember i was just <laughs> i was gooped from head to toe and she i was on a stepping stool by the mirror and she looked at me oh my gosh if i didn't get a, if i didn't get a spanking that day i got a switch off the tree and <laughs> Yeah. And I'm yeah. like, ever since then, I remember putting, I was scared of the Vaseline jar. I was scared of the lotion jar being out of place. And I'm thinking, oh man, because like, I thought I was going to lose control. And I was like, why did I? I was asking myself at that age, why did I just go in there and just put the whole jar of Vaseline on my face? Like, that doesn't make yeah. any sense. So now that you say it could be connected to trauma, I'm like, man, look, I got a list, a Schindler's list and beyond of yeah. what is going on yeah. with that. Yeah, we definitely need to tie that in somewhere. Look, Cam, you can't go anywhere. You can't go anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'll say, I'll say. No, it, it's really important to, and one of the things I kind of talk about is um, is dealing with our trauma because you know in this in this sphere that we're in with personal development, there's also the personal development content telling you you need to have motivation, you need to overcome habits, and what isn't getting a lot of attention is our trauma, and yeah. our trauma can become a ball and chain. The trauma can be the ball and we can be chained to it. And it really limits how far we can go. Then the further we try to go, the more, the harder it gets. And the more the weight of the ball becomes apparent that of it holding us back. And there's only, uh, there's only some, there's only a certain degree of progress we can make and the speed we can make it at which if we have trauma that we're hanging on to. And yeah, it's 
So yeah, the trauma concept the topic is really important. Yeah, because basically what um, I remember I had said it before, but it was something that TD Jakes had said a while ago, and he was saying how people, you know, in kind of a common sense, people will go and just say, "Man, you smell good, you look good, you must feel like a million dollars." But when you go to that person's home, there's nothing but garbage piled up. There's, you know what I mean? Like you're just trying to mask it, and that's why I tell people too. They're like, "Oh, your motivation, oh, you, you know." And LinkedIn had reached out and said, "Well, we want you to be one of our." I said, "Well, I will do more of an enlightenment coach to open light into the areas of where I can see things because I'm not in your shoes." But at the yeah. same time, it's like motivation is like a cup of coffee, you know. And they say yeah. a lot. You you can have it; it keeps you jilted. But then you find yourself looking through every video, every book, every page because it's not going to do anything, like you said before unless you're putting it into action itself and then getting to the root of why you may have that because if you could sift through it like i just didn't thought about i mean come on i haven't thought about that in a long time i mean decades and it just came out right now about the vaseline story and i'm like what i mean it just you dug that up out of the root it's been at least a decade and a half since i even thought about that or spoke about it it just came out and i'm pretty sure someone right now is thinking man where did my roots come from to where i could have these problems and sifting through it i love the way you come at the situation itself not only do you provide the clarity and insight and intuition into it but you kind of you you definitely guide the way for a person to be able to sit if i wasn't a host right now i would be sitting (laughs) i would be sitting back thinking man i gotta i have to stalk this man this is my mission this is my mission to go this is my mission with cam right now because what you have done is remarkable i mean it is remarkable that's no crazy emphasis on that it is it's an understatement to say remarkable because that right there could open all kinds of doors of anything in my opinion that should be what's played on every motivational video is to kind of get to the point of where i feel like you are dr cam knight you know like you (laughs) dr knight like you just dr knight just made my day like there you go you know like that's how it is i want to ask you about this journey you did over there to other countries how did it feel exploring that and all the things that opened up your mind with it it was actually quite an amazing journey i I bet because when you grow up in one environment or one culture, it's very easy to think that this is just the way things are, this is the way humans act and interact, and this is more or less life. But being able and having that fortunate opportunity to step outside of your own culture or the country that you grew up and see people living in ways that's very different, it was extremely eye-opening. You know, there were certain parts of the culture and country I grew up in that wasn't the best or healthiest for me. And I felt like this is what I had to grow up to, or this is just the way it was. And if I wasn't doing this, people would see me as weird. Okay. But then, yeah, being able to step out and see that, hey, you know, that's actually not weird if you don't like that, or it's not all that crazy if you don't find it fulfilling watching television 12 hours a day or getting hung up on sports, which is, yeah. which is what are some aspects of this culture that I had a lot of challenges and difficulty around. And so it was really great to just see that, like, you know, in every country I went to, there was something unique about them, the way that they were living or the way they were being and the way they were interacting with each other, which was very different and unique from what my experiences were. And it was very fulfilling. And I wouldn't have been able to experience that or get that fulfillment had I not stepped out and gotten that experience with the different people. Yeah. And it was... I mean, there's so many things I can say about it because 
you know, just traveling and experiencing the new and novelty, it kind of rushes, it gives you a rush of these feelings and emotions and curiosity that's just really hard to put into words. Uh, it's something that just really needs to be done to experience it. But I am very grateful and humbled by the experiences I have had. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like one or a lot of heck of experience. <laughs> I want to say one heck of experience. That sounds like tremendously the journey. And it's something that now you took upon yourself to journey and get more insight and depth into. And now you're yeah. literally spreading that whole, in- like the whole bowl of medicine, you know, like to everyone who needs that. I mean, I got more than what I ever thought that I could. And I'm like, I'm thinking to myself, wow, like my memory cuts off. And I, I understand that part because when my sister and my brother had passed away in 2018, it's like now when I try to think of it, cause I had to suck it down like a hard pill. And I was yeah. thinking to myself, I find myself driving even downtown to go to work. And I'm thinking, man, I, I can't, like I, I just see flashes and I have to like literally just sock the whole memory to be like, I don't want to think about this right now. And it it just goes, you know, but at the same time, I'm like, man. And then, but at the same time, when it happened, when they were passed away, the only thing that kept me sane for that moment, but it made me feel super, super painful was the memories that I experienced with them that are no longer going to be replicated again. So it was, it's just a whole, yeah, it's a whole nother ball game. And I just want to say we have to get more on the other books that you have out here like so yeah. i hope you don't think this is going to be your last time because this is not i can pick your brain for like the next yeah. three hours and then buy you lunch don't play with me i'm like i'm, okay. I'm a sponge for you right now cam for real like i'm i'm that sponge hey i really appreciate all the comments you're saying and i'm really glad that it is resonating with you and i would love to and be happy to come back and talk more you're a million percent like (laughs) i mean i feel like you should be my therapist i mean i mean no no (laughs) i'm saying this out here to all the masses okay i feel like you are my guru right now you are i proclaim lex of the rgc show that cam knight has officially became he doesn't claim it but i'm claiming that he is the therapeuticness that i need in my life like that's definitely something that you need because if you can get down to the root from just this segment you can get to a root factor of remembering something over decades I mean, and I have to keep my mind conscious because we're in this. Just imagine the effects of someone who doesn't, who could just be the third party listener. I mean, that's epic. So, I mean, your whole levels of what you have out there, you have us for life, period. So I just want to put that out there. But I mean, to wrap everything in a whole sum, I want RDC families to know, don't worry, Cam, you you have his word. He's going to be coming back with us. And I pray that he continues to spread everything that you have endured and sifted it through and, and gotten because that right there is the kind of medicine that we all need in our lives and beyond and this is just the the, the what do you call that the tip of the iceberg yeah the cherry on top we haven't even got to the whipped cream the sprinkles the ice no we have plenty more we got about seven more interviews to come cam you know we work together you know we work together very well cam come on yeah, yeah hey i'm more than happy i'll be the when oprah first got when oprah was uh, you know, in the earlier days, Phil would just come on as a, as a guest on a regular basis. You know what? Say it. Cam, Cam, claim it. 
Say it, Cam. Say it. I mean, you know, because people keep saying, Lex, you're going to be the next Oprah. You know, I'm not trying to be her. I'm only trying to be me. But guarantee you're Dr. Phil and I am Lex Oprah. Like, there we go. We got Dr. Cam Phil and we got Dr. Lex Oprah. <laughs> we're a perfect duo but you know what i am and as soon as we get out this uh this recording and the live plays or whatever's going on i'm definitely going to make sure that happens with our schedules for sure well angela we love you but we're going to do this just me and you know so is there anything that you want to put out there before we just do part one right now um to yeah. leave with the rdc families and those who are new going to be tuning in yeah, so if I could just kind of summarize what we talked about. Absolutely. And the main principle that I teach is not to rely on your automatic process to, to remember information and to really understand that the mind is built to forget. And there's all sorts of reasons why it is, it will make us forget. And to be aware of that so we don't just leave it up to our mind to remember everything we want and then assume that because it can't, that we have a bad memory. We want to take proactive action on remembering information and even experiences. And we didn't go too much into how to do that, but well, we will we'll leave it. We can talk about it next time. We'll we will. We will, Cam. We Don't worry. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you know, that's why I was like, yeah, I mean, at this point right now, I mean, we're going to have to, yeah, I, I'm I'm just epically excited right now. You have no idea how excited <laughs> I am. We can, we can go into this next week. We can go into this whenever our schedules can align together. We can do yeah. this because at the end of the day, this is just part one. So I'm going to put that featuring Cam Knight part one. Um, okay. because at the same time, we definitely need part two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, eleven, whatever we can go on. Because I know I don't like to cut things short that have so much weight to them. That is definitely, you know, out there and that's amazingly there. But I mean, at the same time, we could just prepare next time for everything to be a little bit more. Cause I'm going to sit back and have some popcorn and I'm going to be, I'll be here. You won't hear me crunching. But mentally, I'll be eating popcorn sitting there doing that. So, I mean, I, we definitely are excited about that. And everyone who's tuning in, I'm, we're going, Cam is going to have his dedicated blog spot at realdoubledosechannel.blogspot.com. But until then, we'll have his bio, all that good stuff up there. And every time he does come up there, we're going to make sure we post a new photo with him up there so he can have his refreshment on there. But until then, you still can go to www.mindlily.com. That's M-I-N. D L I L Y dot com, which is beautiful. It's so is heavily delicate. How about that? So www.mindlily.com. You can find Mr. Cam Knight and his information as well as his link to have that clickable in there and find out and discover more because he has a whole collection of wonderful books and everything else coming out there. And if you thought this was something, hey, you have no idea yeah. what's coming next. Yeah. And if any of your listeners want to reach out to me, they can email me at kknight at mindlily.com. And I'm more than happy to give them any advice they might need. Yeah, you know what? Send that over to me. No, I'm just kidding. I'm a <laughs> we have it already. But yeah, you heard. can you repeat that one more time for them just in case they need to rewrite it again? Sure. It's kknight at mindlily.com, M-I-N-D-L-I-L-Y.com. Okay. So we'll yeah. have that. And then also, if you want to definitely shoot us over that, just that particular little whatever soiree you have about our mojitos in the future, you let me know. So I'm yeah, gonna... yeah, yeah, I'll let you know. <laughs> well, we love... You know we... <laughs> one, of, one of our next shows will be in um, Island Destination. How's that? 
Oh, hey, let's do it. <laughs> Wait, I have no, I have no holdbacks. Look, take me where you want to go, Cam. We're, I am not, I am, I'm just going to hold your hand and walk right there. Like, the, don't worry, Lex is right there. I'm right there. I'm right there with you. Oh, my God, you're so wonderful. I love you. Okay. <sighs> okay, back to reality of RDC. Of, of, okay, you know, but they like to have fun, too. That's one thing RDC, that, that they're just completely with it. Like, they're with the whole, you know, this is not scripted. This is life. And yeah. at the end of the day, you know, we didn't have to go through some long script. Like, Cam, you say this, I say this. You say this. This is just free-handed, on point, boom. And you were the flower and the lily that needed to be on here. Though. Because spring is coming, baby. Spring is coming, and you just blossomed even more. Boom. Look, look at that. <laughs> well, thank you very much, and that's how that's how it makes it so much fun. It's that free nature of it. Yeah, we can just kind of be ourselves and breathe. Not have a planned agenda for this yeah it's just completely open there and i i definitely know that one so what we're going to do is set this up rdc family this is part one coming out we're going to have that posted for you on the schedule with anthony putting out there um remember everyone to go to real double dose channel dot blogspot.com and also real double dose channel at yandex.com if you want any direct information if you need someone to script that over to you whatever it may be and check out the links that are going to be there when we have that out as well as remember to continue to be the change feel the passion embrace the power of that wonderful spirit because it's always calling you from within just remember you're wonderful cam thank you again for being on here for our part one we're going to kidnap him to make him our co-host and we, <laughs> we love having you on there and i just we just appreciate you beyond control so thank you so much all right, all right. thank you very much and well uh, until next time yeah, until next time, we love you, RDDC families, and we'll be back with you very, very, very soon.